Welcome to the Seat 14 Podcast, a different perspective on college basketball told by those who lived it. Join us as we bring you insider views, analysis, breakdowns, and predictions from one of the most storied programs in the country, from someone who saw it all from the end of the bench, the 14th seat. In association with the Field of 68 and alongside producer Jordan Barber, I'm your host, Todd Lanter, and this is Seat 14. Welcome into seat 14. Today is Sunday. Episode 15. Episode 15, yeah. <laughs> Ain't that funny. Uh, episode 15, it is Sunday, uh, the 27th of February. Um, we are back in the uh, back in the home studios uh, here in Lexington. Um, coming off of a loss against Arkansas um, over the weekend. Uh, I'm not terribly upset. Me either. At that performance. I, I'm not... I expected us to lose. You know I know, I you did. You picked them. I'm but not... But that was before... I will say this. That was before I saw that Ty Ty and Xavier were going to play. Mm-hmm. And actually, you texted me, Arkansas minus 2-5. I looked and saw they were going to play, and I actually went and put five on the Kentucky money line, mm. which now I wish I would have bet the spread. Yeah. Because Ty Ty had one of the best covers of all time. Yeah. That's got to be on... Worse. That's got to be on SVP's Yeah, I bet it was. Right? I, I bet, bet it's it up there. That was a good one. Um. So we yeah, had two of those this year. We have, and and Oscars was, was exactly real bad. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Oscars was real bad. Um. So yeah. Uh. You know. Obviously, I don't like to lose. Um. I once again hate the phrase "bad law" or "good loss." I don't. Not a, not a fan. Um. I don't but, know if I for some reason you know I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of good loss, and for some reason I'm not feeling good loss about this, but I feel. Well, Less bad about this loss than I felt about any loss this year. It's a lot of gibberish to me, dude. Right. You are literally <laughs> king of gibberish. That's so. true. That's true. I I do th- I do think though that Arkansas is much better than they've been given credit for, and now they're starting to they're starting to recognize it. I mean, they've won what thirteen out of fourteen, thirteen out yeah, of fourteen or something. We were pretty hot too. Um, and even the one that they lost in conference was a close one. Um, went down to the wire, and I just. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not as upset as I thought I would be with a with a hobbled, um, you know, point guard situation in yeah. both Ty Ty and Severe. Um, I didn't think they were going to play, like you said. They it was a last minute decision to play them. Um, neither of them started, but they did play a significant portion of the game. Um, they didn't really, look. Yeah, he got them in quick. Yeah, <laughs> as soon as he realized that Davion yeah. and Kellen weren't doing the best. Well, they ball didn't. They duties. didn't look too slow or anything. But like, there was one play in particular where I remember. Uh, there was a scramble for a loose ball last minute of the game, and Ty Ty just kind of stood out at the three point line, like just out That's of the frustrating. play. I don't and remember that, but I'd, I'll show it to you. And I just remember I literally pointed at the screen, and I was like, "Like that? That's the game right there." And it could have been a less skilled person on the floor in that position that would have gone and fought for that ball. And I'm not putting that on him or saying he he was you know wasn't playing aggressive or anything like that. But um, you know, he's he's probably a little bit concerned about his ankle, you yeah. know, and um, there's probably a little tenderness that comes with that and uh, trying to bounce back from an injury like that after twisting it twice. Um, and it's, it's a load bearing, you know, joint. Um, You're welcome for that term, by the way. Yeah. I forgot you used that. Um, but you, you, you know, if it's, if it's severe and you're talking about a wrist, obviously, um, you know, that's concerning too. But if you're cleared medically, um, you can pretty much kind of decide how much to push it with an ankle. Uh, if you have to, you know, you could be 80, 90%, but if you have to call on that last 10 or 20%, 
um, you know, it can be, it can be dangerous if that ligament's a little loose or if, uh, you know, there's a little too much stiffness going on, um, trying to recover from that. So I think it, it took them both, um, a little minute to get settled in. That could also, you could say that was the game, how they both started off. So Rocky. And then once they were in the groove, it felt like this team again, felt Mm -hmm. like they were firing on all cylinders the way they used to be. Um, I just want to say, man, I missed severe a lot. Yeah. It, could you could you also feel the difference with like we've had these past two games where Kellen and Davion were responsible for pushing the ball up the mm-hmm. court? Oh yeah, dude. As soon as Severe gets that ball in his hands, if there is an opportunity to be exploited on the other end of the floor, he's going to go get it because mm-hmm. he's going to get that ball and get it past half court so quick with no hesitation. He he's skilled enough with the ball to over penetrate and still be able to like stay calm and stay poised afterwards. Mm-hmm. He he didn't turn it over too many times um, with the ball in his hands. So, yeah. The kid's talented. I missed him a lot. The kid's talented, and I think he gets a lot of unfair um, weight put on his shoulders. Yeah, um, I have another guy who gets who? an amount. You want? You have anything else to say before I say it? I, I it's going to be I, a long conversation. Okay, I just think he's 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 done a lot uh, for this team, and, and he, he makes the right play most yeah. of the time. A lot of the people can't see, too. Yeah. Like in the locker room, yeah, on the court, you know, talking mm-hmm. between guys. Yep, he does a good job. He does a good job, and I'm, I'm proud of the direction he's headed. Um, we just need him healthy. Yeah, and great I, bounce back game from him too. Yeah, I'm okay with that. And he's, I think he, uh, I think he'll end up. Um, but, you know, I think he's going to be fine coming this week. Uh, there won't be, you know, any rust shake off or anything. Yeah. Um, and he'll, he'll, you know, he'll step back. And the last time that he got questioned about his ability to perform, he came out and put on the best game of the season. Who was that against? Um, he had like 25, right? Uh, I can't, I can't remember who it was against. Yeah. I'd look, but my phone's recording this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think it was the right call? As I looked back on it, I thought it actually was. I kind of preferred that, uh, Cal got them both in now. Mm-hmm. Cause when you look at it, we've got Florida and Ole Miss before the SEC tournament. So I kind of like that they got some run against a, some top-tier competition before the SEC tournament starts. Um, Where do you stand on it? I don't mind them him playing them if they were 100%. Um, I think the concern for me is that, you know, we didn't win. So – so did it really did matter? It, did it all? matter? Yeah. And and you know, had we? It's a silly thing to say though, because had we won, I, my, I'd say yeah, you know, they helped us win a ball game, but we didn't. And you know, that extra couple days and uh, you know, less mileage on those on those sore joints is 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 that going to be more beneficial for the you know for them their healing process going into the tournament? Um, I even said during the pregame show that I didn't mind if they didn't play until the SEC tournament if they just sat. Really? Because, See, well, I, because, I couldn't feel. I don't. I don't feel. I don't. I don't like the idea of somebody sitting out for three weeks in a row. Right. That was an unbelievable play from Malik Monk. We might need to clip that and throw throw that in this episode. Shots leak. Um, but I can't. I can't. Second best player on the Lakers. <laughs> Jeez. I can't. You know. Kind of lost my train of thought there. I can't get behind sitting a guy for three weeks and then throwing him into to playoff basketball. Right. But we don't need them for these last two games. Yeah, I saw it. And it's a heads up play. By, by yeah, Rook, we don't we don't need them for these last two games to win. We shouldn't at least. 
Um, and that's an extra 10 days of rest to get them healthy. And, you know, I think uh, you can control workouts. You can control um, the temperament and the speed there. It's it's a it's a quick quick play for Tata. You know, he he's makes a jab step and tries to go baseline or something, and that ankle's just not strong enough yet. And it and you tweak it again, and then there goes the season. Um, yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. I definitely do. But again, I I can't. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's a good idea to sit a guy the last three weeks of the season ever, um, if the health isn't an issue. So. Uh, we have one of the best training staffs in the country, and we have a phenomenal coaching staff that's not going to put them in a position to hinder their performance or or, or question their future. Um, so that tells me that, that Jeff and those guys on the sideline um, and in the training room said that he's cleared and good. Both of them were cleared and good to go. And, uh, you know, both of those guys are competitors, and they want to be out there and help their team win. And if they gave, if they told Coach they're good to go, then I'm not going to – I'm not – it's not my position to question why they played. Yeah. So – um, I have, you know, the most confidence in this staff to make the right call and not put a guy in a dangerous position. So I assume they got the head nod and uh, they were ready. Yeah, that's another thing. This, uh, the the entire Calipari era, they've always erred on the side of caution mm-hmm. with injuries. So 100%. if they said these guys were ready, they're probably ready. Yeah, 100%. And it's not, you know, I guess our, our quote-unquote job is to play armchair quarterback here. Um, but we wouldn't be having this conversation if they'd have won the game. And there wasn't anything that stood out that made me say, made me look at that and say he shouldn't be out there. The only play that I can recall is that one I mentioned at the end of the game. And and I don't even think I don't even know that that has anything to do with his ankle. I just was like, you got to get in there and fight for that ball because that's the game. That's the game right there. Yeah. All right. So here it is. I can't remember. Oh yeah, I said I had something when you mentioned that Xavier gets a bunch mm-hmm. of unjust yep. hate. No player gets more critis- undeserved criticism than Keon Brooks. Agreed. 100%. I have watched the Twitter mob and one organization that I'm not going to name here mm-hmm. bring so much hate towards them and so much, like, just totally, like, biased. But why? Like, what did he, he – that, that kid has gone out. He's a good kid. He's, He's gone such out a good kid. and laid – Laid it all on the line for this team every time. Yeah. And he still, like you said, he just gets – it's unjust. It doesn't make sense. I remember – Because they're, they're silent when he has a great game. Yeah. There's no, like – there's no praise like that Oscar gets mm-hmm. for what he does because Keon's had a lot of great games this And year. he's adapted his game so much to fit the mold that this team needs for him this season. Um, you know, he gets, he gets railroaded about those mid-range pull-ups that he's taken so many of. He's hitting a lot of them, a lot, and, and and he's able to score effectively in that position. And they're not they're not coming out and trying to take it away from him. If he's being successful at that, I've I've said it a hundred times. Cal looks for two or three things to give each player and say, "Do this and do this well, and you'll help our team." And I mean, if if the mid range jump shot is not at the very top of that list for Keon, then I'm curious what it is they are telling him because that's what he's looking for and he's doing a good job with it and you know yeah of course he's going to miss some he's not the greatest shooter in the world but he's forcing the defense it's it's spreading that defense out opening the paint up for oscar to be effective for severe and ty ty and kellen and all those guys davion to drive in there and create you know some some ruckus in the paint he's spacing them out um and he is he's knocking them down so yeah i I just I, i i agree with you i think he's um i think he's unfairly held accountable and never never given credit where credit's due. And the only time I can think – I mean, it's happened several times with guys in the past, right? 
but the time that that stands out to me that I played with that I remember was Archie Goodwin. Archie Goodwin got all kinds of hate from for what he was, you know, trying to do to help his team win. Archie was a slasher, right? He wasn't he he wasn't supposed to have the ball in his hand much. We had point guard issues that year. So, what? We good? Mm-hmm. We had point guard issues that year. So, he he had to run point a lot. And he did a good job at it. He was just he overpenetrated sometimes. It's not it was out, it was he was being called upon to do things that he wasn't recruited here to do because he knew what was best to help this team win. And and Kel, and uh, Keelan feels a lot the same way. Yeah, and the thing is we've had a guy in Kellen and Davion who have been forced to step into roles that they're not comfortable with yep. and made mistakes and not get bashed mm-hmm. on Twitter or in post-game shows. Because they messed up. Mm-hmm. Keon's going to mess up. Like, that's part of basketball. Mm-hmm. So, get over it. Understand that he is probably the X factor of this entire team. Mm-hmm. Because as much as I've said about I get kind of stuck on, and this, honestly, this is kind of a, a freezing cold take at this point for me personally because I used to say he would get stuck in cruise control and not crash the glass and use his... Mm-hmm insane vertical pop that he has because he can really get off the floor Mm -hmm. he's got long arms he's a very very good athlete um he kind of does that now Mm -hmm. he kind of doesn't he gets a lot of put back dunks he helps oscar rebound a lot so that has passed with me i think his effort is there pretty much every game if you're going to question his effort then you better start questioning a lot of other guys effort Mm -hmm. too yep because it's there now so then what else is there to a lot of people are stuck on that three-point shot that he took you know which one I'm talking yep. about? Oh yeah, it was like the the we were we were down what four, three, three. I think we were down it was three. T- it was okay. Yeah, it would have been or maybe even down two. I can't remember. I think it was three. Um, so here's here's my thing on that. Do I like the shot? No. The reason I don't like it is because he's avoided it all year. Mm. I don't want you to take that shot if you've avoided it all year. And now you're taking it in the highest pressure situation possible. Agreed. So, no, I don't like that. Am I going to get down? As, like, am I going to shit on him for yeah. it? No, absolutely not. Because he's won us games. He, he single-handedly won us the Kansas game. Well, I also don't believe that he just decided to take that shot. Like, he was, they were looking for him to take that shot. Like the, you think Cal, so? I mean, Cal will say, shoot it if you're open. Right. I mean, and that's, I guarantee you that's what he said. Because, I mean. I wish was, Keon would follow that philosophy more. You know, I, I want him to. T- I think that he has the potential to be a efficient three level scorer. I think so. I want to know your take on this. The way I feel about it is this is kind of like a philosophy thing for me. Um, if you're an elite level Division One athlete, mm-hmm. Keon, in my opinion, and probably most, has NBA measurements mm-hmm. six seven, six eight, insane vertical, super long arms. He has shown that he's a lethal shooter from 12 to 18 feet. In my opinion, what's the difference to step back another four feet yeah. and shoot that with confidence? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's kind of how I am on it. I mean, Carl Towns wasn't allowed to take threes when he was here, really. I mean, I shouldn't say wasn't allowed, but he wasn't. That's, he not, wasn't, that's yeah. not the shot we were after. Yeah. He just won the three-point contest. I mean, the guy's capable of shooting and stepping out and, and knocking them down. And, uh, you know, obviously now he's a pro and he spent several years perfecting that and shot hundreds of thousands of those shots. Mm-hmm. Um, but Keon's, you know, trying to make a profession out of this as well. And he's capable of shooting that shot and he's capable of shooting it over defenders. Um, and he's the one thing I'll give him is he doesn't, 
he doesn't alter his shot. He's not going to force something up and like you're not going to see him shooting like some crazy fadeaway yeah, um, unless he did hit one big one at the end of a shot clock this year that was pretty special that yeah. fadeaway of baseline. But um, but you're not going to see him try to implement things that he hasn't worked on in drills and in practice. Um, he's he's truly lethal in mid range. He is. And he's, but, but again, he's he's able to shoot the same shot even when under pressure with a defender in his face. Yeah. Um, but again, back to back to that particular play. Um, Cal will draw up a play and say, hey, here's what we're going to do. You know, here's option one, two, and three. And then, you know, we break the huddle heading to the floor, and he'll say, hey, if you're open, shoot it. And he's saying, like, you know, we want to we want to get to these options, but if they leave you open, take that shot. And uh, I would imagine that that's what he said to him. And um, he was wide open. Sure enough, he was wide open. No and, you, and, it's, and, you know, to, to your point, he can't, if he was wide open and passed on that shot, one, it's deflating to your confidence. And two, they're not going to come out there. I know it was late in the game, but they're not going to come out there and guard you if you're not a threat to shoot that ball. Yeah. They're just not going to And when he's it. playing the four, we need someone to come out there exactly. and guard him. So Oscar has more space. Exactly. In the and that, that's what I'm saying. That's why he, he can help this team even if he's not knocking those shots down. His The threat of him getting that shot yeah. off and knocking it down Which is, is another enough. reason why I want him to not shy away from that. Mm-hmm. That's know? what I'm saying. Yeah. So, yeah, just stop the Keon hate, man. I really – if there was one thing – that I could get on this fan base about it is how is about how often people just choose to shit on Keon Brooks for. He's a great kid too. Yeah, I know, like, and he's he, been here so long. He, he hasn't left. He, he hasn't transferred. He wants to hit that shot more than you want him to hit yeah. that shot. He wants to win this game. He wants to be. He wants to be there for for his teammates and step up and and make those plays. And he shot shot it with confidence. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not. Yeah, I'm I will not. never get mad at a player for missing a shot. And people just do not that with Keon. Yeah. It's and just, only just, with Keon. Like, st- okay, yeah, that better be the case mm-hmm. for ev- the 11 other guys on this roster. Yep. Because it's just not fair at this point. And it's, yeah, it's getting under my skin, as you guys can probably tell. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he appreciates the support. So, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the guys the guys carved out one hell of a role for himself. And I think um, that it's time he gets a little bit more credit. And I, I really do think that he's going to have a big game, like a big game in the SEC tournament or played something, well. and put everybody on notice. He He's play, well He is Arkansas. playing well, but but when when he comes out and has a 30-point outing and hits that, hits one of those threes and everything, I better it, see the same I, I amount better of see energy. That same energy. Yeah, facts, dude. <laughs> I better see that same energy. I'm over it, man. I'm so over it. <laughs> I love it. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come in, bring Manny in, and uh, let him talk all kinds of shit about that win from uh, from Saturday. But he's earned um, it. He's earned it. We got. He's he's a great kid. He was actually. We'll we'll I'll we'll get more into it with him. But uh, he was a walk on as well, which is how he got. He helped with the kind of the seat fourteen formation, um, like little the little group. Um, and then he's one of the OGs and then he started for Arkansas as a walk-on yeah he had a game winner against South Carolina yeah and he started in the SEC tournament and uh, just a very very cool story for him and uh, one hell of a ball player so um, very very proud of him and ready to uh, ready to hear his mouth yeah so bring him in we're gonna take a break we'll be right back let me take a second to tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. What sets them apart, though, is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the Bet Rivers iOS app. 
must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-G-A-M-B-L-E-R. Welcome back. Joining us now, Arkansas Razorback Mad Manny. He hates when I call him that, I feel like. But he made a comment to me in a group message a long time ago, back when we were playing still. And I, I put the, the mad face emoji um, in front of his name, and, and he's been Mad Manny ever since. So appreciate you taking the time to join us. I apologize for the little technical issue we had when starting out just a second ago. So this is take we're, two. This is we're take back. two. We're going to ask this question again. Um, we're coming off of uh, the Kentucky-Arkansas game yesterday um, down there in Bud Walton Arena. Um, unbelievable performance, I think, from both teams. I, I made the comment that I don't think uh, Kentucky lost that game. I think Arkansas went out and took it. Um, and you all are the most threatening team to me, I think, uh, going into the SEC tournament, even more so than Auburn. I think Kentucky matches up a little bit better with Auburn. We have some more bodies to throw at a guy like Kessler and kind of stop their momentum. But you all have a lot of weapons, um, namely uh, J.D., who came in and absolutely shredded us to pieces. Um, so I want to get your thoughts on the game, initial thoughts on the game real quick, and then um, I'm going to let the analytical genius over here dive in a little bit with you on uh, what makes that kid so good. Yeah, I um, I thought it was a good game. Obviously, if you're an Arkansas fan, you were happy. Um, personally, I thought going into the game, Arkansas w- would have the edge. You know, playing in, in Bud Walton is tough, um, and I they, they just been they've been hot. You know, they beat Auburn, beat Tennessee at home. It's just it's tough to to get a win on the road in Bud Walton. So I, I thought it was a good game. You mentioned JD. You know, he's one of those guys where you know. When he's on and he's he's balling, it's 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 tough to stop him. Um, and I know we'll talk more about him, but um, you know, I thought it was a good game. Um, you know, Kentucky's really good, better than I thought they were going to be. Like from the beginning of the year, I thought mm-hmm. this was going to be one of those where they weren't as good, and they've really surprised me. Um, and you know, we play that game on a neutral court. You know, who knows what happens? But um, you know, obviously, if you're a Hog fan, you're happy. Um, BBN is is licking their chops. They probably want to get another rematch of that. Hey, well, I'll, I'll tell you this. We're probably going to find out what that game would look like on a neutral court here in a couple weeks. Um, I think they're – I think they are – I mean, even though Auburn, Auburn has done their thing and um, they're a force to be reckoned with, and I don't want to try to diminish that, um, you know, by, by saying this, but I, that that game I think is the is going to come down to the – I think it'll be that that is the title game, uh, Arkansas and Kentucky. Um, I, I think Auburn's just got too many holes um, that, that, are, that other teams can – can get to. I don't know that they're a team that's capable of winning four games in a row for an SEC title or six in a row for a national title. Um, I think Kentucky has those pieces. And I, I said this again, um, you know, Arkansas is going to end up being probably a five seed maybe. Um, they're going to be yeah. a really, really, really big problem for somebody in the second round for sure. Um, so I'm, you know, I think it's all, we, we both know it's all about how you're trending at this point in the season. Um, both these teams, Kentucky and Arkansas, trending in the right direction. Um, guys just getting their confidence and playing like a unit. And this is, um, you know, a particular different team for Kentucky that we're not used to seeing because we have so many older guys. we got the transfer rule that's allowed, um, you know, three of our starters to get in there and, um, you know, play a big – play a lot of minutes and, and uh, you know, help mentor the freshmen that we're used to having. So we got Ty Ty who doesn't have all the pressure and weight of the world on his shoulders now. He's able to kind of play behind those vets. Um, and that's not something we're used to seeing at Kentucky. And then, uh, obviously, what what did you call it? The uh, muscleman bus, bus, bus. The must bus. The must bus is the must bus is, a, is a, set to is cruise a, control right now, and it's not stopping. It's a force to be reckoned with right now. So, uh, so yeah, go ahead, dive in on the JD thing. I know you're a big yeah, fan. I got to ask you again. Uh, we just went over this, but we had to start recording again. So, sorry, but I think we do need to get your take 
on JD. Yeah. Are you hearing that popping? Yeah. What is that? I don't know. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it is what it is. But um, I think we need we need to talk about JD because he really impressed me. Um, it's easy to watch guys like a Ja Morant, you know, who just have these ridiculous physical gifts and are able to exploit them at any moment. With JD, obviously he's still a D1 athlete, you know, physical special yeah. and all that. But what strikes me most about him is his pacing. I made the comment to you earlier that every time he got in that high screen and roll with uh, Jalen and Oscar, I was just terrified. I knew that he was going to get that switch and he was just going to trap usually Oscar and Jacob. He killed Jacob. Jacob had no chance on him. I think he scored every time he got switched onto him. Um, he would just kill him. He put him in like a, a pace jail. Like I, I, I like to call it like a no man's land type deal where you're just kind of essentially at his mercy for the entire possession. So what's your analysis of him? What are his strengths? I compare him to like like an SGA or a Luca where you can't you simply just can't speed those guys up. You're waiting for them. Um and do you see a future for him in the league? Yeah, I mean definitely his his pacing is 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 elite. He 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 doesn't get sped up at all. Um, and you know he's he's in the game to score points. That's that's what he does. And I, I like the Shea, um, Gilgis Alexander comparison because he's one of those guys. When I, I saw him in person, I was like, yo, he can flat out play. Like it doesn't surprise me how good he is in the NBA because um, just of the way he can control the pace and he can, right. he never gets sped up. Kind of how JD has it. JD, it, it'll be a little bit tougher for him in the league, obviously, because his size. Yeah. You know, he's not that. How big. tall is um, he? He's like six, six two. Yeah, Shay's six, like six six. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He's 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 the different level. Um, but I mean, JD, JD, he's played himself into the conversation this year. Um, you know, he, he's making a case for SEC Player of the Year, depending on how they finish the year out. Um, he he'll have a shot. And it'll just kind of depend on, 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 you know, how workouts go and things like that. He'll have to probably be more of a PG um, at the NBA level. So that'll be a, a, a learning curve for him because he's more of a scorer. But, I mean, he's definitely going to have a shot, in my opinion. Do you like his playmaking? I I've, I didn't think he was, like, a liability if he was to get double teamed. I I, I thought, you know, I, I definitely see a future there where he can come in and be a, a just a primary initiator in all phases, me personally. Yeah, he can do it. He can do it. it the, the, the thing he'll have to he'll have to understand is like, you know, when he's coming in the NBA, he's going to probably have to be more facilitator first. And yeah. then, you know, go get three second, which like his game, his focus on the game is, you know, I'm going to go score, which I don't think he he, he can make the shift. Um, whatever you got to do to make it to the NBA. Um, but no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I'm not I'm not, you know, afraid of him making plays because he can do it. Mm hmm. Yeah, he's an unbelievable talent. Yeah, he's, like, just a, he's just a baller. He, he, lulled, he lulled everybody to sleep. Yeah. He's like that's, that's the kind of good. that's the kind of phrase I like to use. Like, like he, he literally lulls you to sleep. He gets you comfortable. You kind of get you know, you're like, all right, now I can kind of settle in in front of him and then no. It's he's, like effortless for him. It's yeah. kinda it's nuts for real. Yeah, he's he's a baller. That kid's certified. And I hadn't seen much of him, honestly, um, until then. And and I mean I've gone back and watched some now and um, you know, he's not, he's, this isn't, this wasn't like a, a an outlier performance from him. Um, the kid can nah. ball. So, um, you know, really cool to see, uh, to see what he's doing. And, and like I, I've said it, you know, several times, I think Muslim is an incredible coach. So let's ask, I know you, you said, he said, is it, he said, is it appropriate for me to ask about the court storming? 
So we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about the court storming. Go ahead. How do you want to? Yeah, I mean, just what's your take on it? Like, what's your take on the fact that it didn't happen? Do you think if the game ended up being like a last second type deal? Because as awesome of a game as it was, the last two minutes were kind of meh. You know, the 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 final ten were great, and then the last two just kind of maybe did it like did everyone like lose that energy or just what's your take on it? Like, is court storming okay? Yeah. So. I like it. Um, you know, obviously, I don't care about the uh, the fines and whatever. You know, yeah. school can take care of that. I mean, I, I talk to, you know, adults who are, like, way older, and they still talk about those moments when they did that at their <laughs> school. So, like, I, I like it. You know, go go build the memory. Um, what you don't want to get the rep for is, like, okay, you court storm everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Like, okay, you know, not expecting to win any of these games. And, you know, Kentucky is, is a different thing. You know, we've got this – thing um where we, we just we, we love beating kentucky like you know and you guys are you know being totally honest like todd you lived it like everywhere you went you know sold out crowds you know a team would be oh and you know 10 in conference but mm. then sell out their crowd when you guys come in like yeah. it's just you know everyone everyone wants to wants to wants to knock you guys off mm-hmm. um so I, I, I think well, they were talking about not doing it. Like, like the the athletic department was like, "Hey, don't do it." Like, there was a lot of chatter about, mm-hmm. like, "Please don't report." So, I think that's kind of why um, that it kind of got you know it kind of simmered down because the athletic department and all the people were saying, you know, "Please don't rush the court." D- didn't they fine. tweet that we'll bring the par- party to you? And they sent the players into the stands after the game and everything. Yeah, that, that they 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 had other things planned just so they wouldn't have to you know yeah. catch that fine. Yeah, um, but I think the fans were planning on you know yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. they won the game. Oh, I like it. I, I'm never I'm never going to be you know against that. I we've never actually we don't do it at Rupp because um, because yeah. they expect to win. We've done it on the football field plenty of times at Kentucky because we and you know <laughs> don't have necessarily as as great of a reputation in the SEC for winning football games all the time. So we've you know that like you said, I've I've got some of my favorite memories from college storming the field. Um, I remember beating South Carolina in particular one time, and me. Devin Booker, Alex Poitras, and Brian Long—the most just random group of four of us—stormed the, stormed the uh, the field, and uh, you know we're taking pictures with the fans and everything. It was really really cool, and those are kind of moments you'll never forget, especially as a student. So yeah. I have no problem with that. It's it's you know I think the game's gotten soft. Like I think you agree too. You know we're we were both um, you know hard work grind like you know put a body on somebody. I think. I think it's gotten soft in today's society with not only with the way that the game's called, but also like taunting and I mean, like you know, you get you get fine and flags thrown in the NFL for reacting to you know celebrating a play. Like you work and put in hours and hours and hours and hours for years to to reach some of these accomplishments and to be able to put your talents and you know showcase your talents for fans and you're out there for entertainment. That's what the sport exists for. And they're they're kind of taking a lot of that away. So I have absolutely no problem with that. If we didn't, if we don't want you to storm the court, win the game. Yeah. So exactly. I have no problem with that. No problem whatsoever. Um, but like you said, you also don't want to be the team that's storming every time or whatever because you know you do expect to win. And uh, you know, wins, uh, but I mean it's it's one of those, it's fun. It's you know it's for the fans for the for the for the people. Yeah. So hey, I love. I loved the pictures of Musselman a couple weeks ago. We had his shirt off after they won that game. I mean, even even what uh even uh what's his name from uh, uh Tennessee or um 
damn, what's his name? Uh, Auburn's coach, Bruce Pearl, when he was at Tennessee, um, you know, painting, uh, body painting and stuff. Um, like, I love that stuff. Yeah. I love it. It's fun. All right, what's your next question? Did you put the top back on your beer? Listen, man. Did you put you put a twist top back on your beer? Listen, you got to prepare for the worst. Something's wrong with you. We're sponsored by Budweiser, so we're we're sitting up here sipping some Budweisers, watching this Warriors game while we're talking to you. There's seven seconds left in this game, five point game. Warriors about to lose. Nice, um, nice. They're back, huh? Dallas came all the way back. They were getting their tails. I know they were getting spanked. Interesting stat, Manny. Uh, if I was to tell you that two players are tied for the NBA's lead in technical fouls with 13, I don't know who one of them is. I do know who the other one is. Guess. Guess what Guess what player they could be. And it's not Draymond because he hasn't it's been It's the worst much. setup for a question ever. But Luca gets a lot of text. It is. It's, it's Luca. Luca. Good call. Lucas, Lucas talks some noise. He does, That's bro. I, I love his hands. He is jawing. I love his yeah. He is talking. He's on the free throw line right now, about to put him away. He seems like the most unsuspecting guy, but yeah, apparently he just gives the refs hell every game. Um, speaking of giving the refs hell, Oscar Shibwe, he's the nicest dude ever. I think he's really tough to officiate. And Cal said this a few yeah. times, like he's just so big and so strong. What was your what was your take on on uh, watching Oscar? You know, kind of just put the team on his back in the first half and essentially give Kentucky their only chance to win. Um, also, the announcer who was like, Jalen Williams can't guard him. I'm not sure about that take. No, that's a rant. That's a crazy take. Actually, before you answer that real quick, the worst part yeah. about doing the radio, like the so I do the pregame and postgame for ESPN, uh, and we do it from um, a bar across the street of from Rep Arena called Lex Live, and it's great. It's fantastic. It's 24-inch screens and everything else, but – we can't. You can't hear the commentators in there very much because it's so loud. Um, so I didn't even know that until you told me that he said that, and I was like, "Is he even watching the game?" Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I mean, if, so Jalen Williams, he's he's one of those guys who he's he's a glue guy. You know, you do everything for you, take a bunch of charges. I, I'm impressed with Sheboy though. I, I I guess I don't know, Tom. You can kind of. You can, you guys can tell me if I'm wrong or not. I, I thought with him, he was going to be an energy, like get you a bunch of rebounds, go dunk. I, I don't know if like what the development plan was, but like he's turned into like a go to, like that's our big man, go to guy. And I don't know if he was always that way, but just the first few games I saw, I was like, okay, he's just like the big energy, um, you know, get a rebound, get a dunk. But he's turned into, like to me, he's a real like, pro yeah and i just didn't that that was the case at the beginning of the year um but i mean he's the best big that Jalen Williams had to face all year um and, uh -oh. and it showed he walker kessler really fans won't be happy to hear that <laughs> I, I i like walker kessler but i i also think um like he is a little bit of a product of having some of those other guys around him too like mm -hmm. I, I don't know if he's with just him take out Jabari Smith and take out some of those other guys and put him 30 minutes a game, 40 minutes a game, having to do that. I don't know if he's the same, mm -hmm. uh, but I know, I mean, he, he's good. A dude can, you know, change the dynamic of the game. I like Oscar more though, to be honest. Oh yeah. We I, do too. Yeah. I appreciate that. I, I mean, I, I appreciate the analysis because to me it's, it's spot on. I didn't expect that from him either. I saw 
you know, the product he was putting out at West Virginia and thought that we yeah. might be able to get him a little bit of development um, offensively and get his skill set together. Um, and but he, you know, he I, I kind of expected the extent of that to be going over his right or left shoulder on the block and that pretty much be it. Um, and he's stepping out. I mean, he knocked down, you know, early on in the game, yeah. he hit an 18 foot jump shot, like right from the beginning, right yeah. at the head of the key. And y'all gave it to him because they've probably been told yeah. back off of him and let him take it. And he knocked it down. Now he missed. He missed it a couple yeah. other times throughout the game. I still think an Oscar jumper is a win for the defense. It is. It is. But my point is, is he's at least threatening them to come out there. Yeah, it's you know? necessary. No um, so especially for his his uh, NBA future. Yeah. If we're, I mean, you know, everybody everybody around town's like, well, you know, why is he not higher on the draft boards? And it's because of what you just said. You have to be more well rounded. You can't just be. You know, you got to be. You got to have a couple components to the game in order to be successful as a pro. But to your point, um, you know, the dude is just putting up consistent, insane numbers. Um, I mean, the fact that – I mean, he's going to be the first guy in, what, 35 years to average 15 and 15, I think? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that's just absurd. And, and you know, I, I use this example a lot when I'm talking to people about him, but 15 rebounds on a stat sheet jumps out at you, and you're like, whoa, 15 rebounds. But translate that to what that actually means. That's 15 possessions, extra possessions that we're getting yeah. – to get a basket, and it's 15 less possessions that you all are getting. It's it's yep. an inverse relationship that he's providing this team. 15 rebounds a game. Five like, offensive, too. Five offensive yeah. rebounds a game, which means, I mean, literally, he's getting what, – what was that stat about offensive uh, – his efficiency and getting offensive rebounds? I can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah, I don't either. It, 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 was, it was something like – it was something like 25% of the time that he's on the floor, he gets the offensive rebound if we miss the shot. Imagine what that does for you as a shooter. Like That's there's great. like there's a twenty five percent chance that if I miss this shot, Oscar's gonna get it anyway, and we'll just get it. We'll just run the offense back and get another possession. Like that's nuts. And the what that does for your mindset, you know, as a shooter or uh, you know, as, as somebody else that's flying in there to get their rebound, or like you know, one of our other guys, that, uh, maybe a bench guy that's a big knows all my all I have to do is box my man out. All I got to do is keep my man from interfering with Oscar. Oscar's going to win his battle. I need to win my battle. And when you kind of break it down that way, I th like I know Oscar's mindset is there's five, and we talked with the, with Cash about this actually. In fact, I love that analogy that he gave us, but there's five little battles going on in the whole war, right? Oscar's going to win his every time. That's his goal. I'm going to do my part, and then I'll worry about helping my teammates. So every time a shot goes up, he does what we're all taught to do, but you know most people have lapses. You know, in a game where you, you know, you miss an assignment, he will hit somebody every single time the ball goes up in the air, and he's always the first one to initiate the contact. And then he goes looking for the ball with both hands, keeps it high, plays strong. Um, again, will that translate to a professional career? I hope so. But um, we're hoping, we're hoping he takes one more year to come back and and uh, maybe perfect that offense a little bit more and increase that draft stock. I'm gonna start pumping the the Oscar Oscar lottery pick thing. I'll start getting that out there. Nah, I bet you <laughs> will. trying to get rid of. I bet you the will. Media. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what else? What else? What else? You had one more. You told me you had three. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. All right. So Kellen Grady took three shots mm, mm -hmm. in this game. Yeah. Manny, when you're watching, obviously the focus is Oscar. Of course, like yeah. he's sitting here going off. He's he's handling double teams. He's passing out of double teams, which is terrifying for other teams if he's doing that uh, on a regular basis. What did you see? A lot of talk has been made about 
Well, it's probably that at this point, Kellen is just not aggressive enough to take his own shots, to go out there and create his own shots within the flow of the offense. I think a lot of it falls on the coaching as well. I think at the end of the day, if you got a guy who can shoot like that, you can manufacture shots for him. Point blank period, especially if you're Kentucky. Are you familiar with Kellen? Yeah. I okay. mean, and I'll tell you, like, I was, when I saw he was going to Kentucky, I was like, oh, like, I think he can play himself into like a first round draft pick. Yeah. Because about Davidson, um, and I was like, oh, yeah, he'll get into Kentucky. Like, he's going to get some looks. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, man, his confidence starts rising. I, I was, when you guys picked him up, I was like, oh, that, that could be a, a big, uh, a big pickup. And I, and I haven't followed, you know, 100%, but he's had some pretty decent games. I think he, he have a good game against maybe he did yeah but he but he started off real slow and i think i think part yeah. of that was was like what you said is confidence but i also think cal was misusing him for a while and i think they finally realized that that he needs to have the ball in his hands more we were using him as a spot-up shooter which is fine um, so then what do you do with last night because it seemed like he had turned it around and that he was going to get the ball more often i don't i don't i don't have night. a reason as to why he didn't get Manny? get utilized yeah i mean i to your point, I do think that that was a little bit of a mess. And I was some, I was candidly telling some of the people I was watching the game with, I was like, hey, like, let's keep keep him, you know, out of out of the game. And, <laughs> yeah. and things fine. Um, you know, that I, I was happy to see that. Um, but to your guys' point, he's definitely got to be involved because to me, he's, you know, uh, apart from Ty Ty, um, and then that guard, I like the I like the point guard. Severe. Um yeah, yeah, I, I like him. Um, but he he's at next score where if he's right, you know, I, I can see you guys in the final four. If he's not, um, you know, I can see one of those where you guys have a second round exit or something. Yeah. Um, I think you, you, I hit, you hit the nail on the head. Kellen's to quote you the second, if not the best, most offensively gifted player on this team. I think he's the best. I think Ty Ty will. I think besides Oscar, Oscar's just a freak. I just don't know what to do with him. But it's not necessarily offense with him. It's just everything. Yeah. As, as far as yeah, as far as skill, it probably is Kellen. He's well, Kellen's in my opinion. Where I was going with that is so much better with the ball in his hands. So I like him in all the dribble handoff actions because you're forcing the defender to you know he he's comp, he's more confident playing with the ball and it forces the defender to choose how to play that screen. Right? You go under that screen, he's shooting it. You come up on him, you, you wall up or or switch or whatever, then he reads it. He reads the the pick and roll so well um, that he's you know he's forcing the defense into a tough position. And um, I think we continue to utilize him in that way. And he doesn't always have to put the ball in the basket in order to change the game um, because he's he's you know he's drawing so much attention from the defense when he's playing in that way. Um, so I like when we utilize him like that. And I really can't understand why we didn't do it as much on Saturday. Um, he only got those three looks, and even the third one was at the end of the yeah, shot clock at the very little, end of the late. game. So. Um, it just it feels feels like something that should have been an obvious change, um, but I think you know they'll they'll get back and look at the game tape and find find some of the flaws that uh, you know in, in our approach. But once again, I don't think it was Kentucky losing that game. I think Arkansas came out and took it, and uh, you know we had a couple opportunities and we just didn't um, we didn't convert in the way that that we need to um, at this point in the season because you know it won't be long before there isn't a second chance with something like that. You you. You either do what you've been practicing to do for the last five months, or catch you next year. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, I think. I mean, with the track record of of Cal and just the program, like I I, I would put my money on 
<laughs> next time, next game, you know, it's it's going to be, you know, those adjustments will be made and then Kentucky will be clicking. So I don't uh, I don't foresee anything like that happening. Well, no shot at you, but we hope the same thing. I hope we I hope we, if we if we do see you again, uh, we're we're uh, we're going to do another segment with you after the SEC tournament. And then maybe I'll be the one maybe. rubbing it in your face a little bit. <laughs> um, all right. Last thing. You got anything else? No. All right. Last thing. Um, first off, do, is if you win out now, does that put Arkansas as the one seed in the SEC tournament? Because they got the head-to-head against Auburn, too. And Tennessee. And Tennessee. Against Auburn, I, we either win out and get it, or we might need Auburn to drop one. I I, I, I don't 100% know. Okay, I, I need to check on that. I don't think we go into Tennessee and win anyway, so I don't think it's going to matter. But I think if we if we went out, we I think we're, we're one. Are you at Tennessee Saturday, or is it this week? Yeah, right. We're at Tennessee. Um, I don't know if it's Saturday. I need to look at the schedule. I'm not sure. It's either the, I'm out of the it's it's this it's, week. It's sometime this week. I just don't know if it's, yeah, it's a, through the week or Saturday. That'll be yeah, a good one though. Uh, yeah. That that'll be a tough one. Uh, if we if 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 we get out of there with a win, then I'm like, dang, we need to slow down, like save some of the heat for for March. Yep. Like winning too many games early on. <laughs> um, but yeah. But uh yeah, I mean We'll see. I mean, that's just, the SEC's good this year. I like it. it I like is. having a few that can that can shake some things up. It is. I think we're going to represent yeah. the conference well when it comes uh, when it comes time in March. So we're looking forward to that. It's going to be one hell of an SEC tournament. If you can make it down there, um, let's link up. Look forward to seeing you. Yeah. If not, um, we'll find another time to get together this summer. We got to get the squad back together. Yeah, we need to. For <laughs> sure. All right, bud. I appreciate you. Congrats on the engagement and the engagement photos. Hey. Proud of you. And I'll, uh, I'll catch you soon. All right, man? Thanks, Manny. All right, guys. All right. Appreciate you. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We want to take a moment to tell you about our friends over at Liquid IV. Liquid IV's Hydration Multiplier is a great-tasting daily electrolyte drink mix that utilizes the breakthrough science of cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the bloodstream faster and more efficiently than water alone. Just add the electrolyte powder to your water and let CTT do the rest. With three times the electrolytes of sports drinks, as well as five essential vitamins, Liquid IV comes in convenient, travel-friendly, single-serving packets. It is non-GMO with no artificial ingredients and comes in eight delicious flavors, including lemon-lime, pina colada, watermelon, passion fruit, guava, acai berry, apple pie, and my personal favorite, strawberry. So head on over to liquidiv.com. That's liquid-iv.com and plug in code SEAT14 at checkout to enjoy 25% off of your order. Liquid IV, fueling life's adventures. Appreciate you, Manny, for coming on. That was a good time. Um, I I actually thought we'd get a little bit more mouth from him. Yeah, he was very reserved. Very humble. Thank you. Very humble. But he's he's like, you know, he's like me. He's a basketball fan. He's... You know, he's, he's obviously, you know, Arkansas is his alma mater, and, you know, he's going to want to see them do well, but the kid's a basketball fan. He, he watches just, games. Clearly. He does, and he just wants to see, you know, good stuff. And, you, and you're, and you you know, I know Kellen's a big name to us, but um, we started talking about Kellen. I don't even think you mentioned his last name, and he, you know, knew coming yeah. from Davidson uh, yeah, and yada, yada, yada. And, uh, and he's just a basketball guy, man, and it's, it's refreshing to – to talk to somebody that even though his heart lies with Arkansas, he's able to look at, um, you know, what we're doing and, and the program we've got and the track record that, yeah. that we, that that's we, how, the standard we hold to, to and agreed. Yeah. Like, but, um, but, uh, a lot of respect for him and, and what he's done and congrats on the engagement brother. All right. So 
we're going to go ahead and hop out of here. Um, but let's, uh, let's go ahead and tease these games this week. we got two more. Yep, senior night this Tuesday. Two more, senior night. So that'll be tomorrow when this episode comes out. Yep, senior night is... Did you uh, say two- the date right at the beginning? I said today's Sunday. You're right, I said it wrong. No. You're right. Exposed. Exposed. So yeah, we're recording this Sunday. Okay, but so so Monday, February 28th, 2022. Is that the last day of February? Yeah. Is there 29? 28 days in yeah. February? Damn. Unless it's a leap year. Your birthday falls in the shortest month of the year. Correct. OG's baby. Yeah. All right. Debatable. So Tuesday, March 1st, um, Ole Miss at home, senior night, 7 p.m. tip um, on ESPN. And then Saturday, March 5th at Florida, um, two o'clock. That's a CBS game. That will be. Um, I love those two o'clock Saturday games, especially CBS games. I don't know why they're just. I hate CBS. They're games. long. That's what I hate. I, about but them. but I'm saying in the middle of the afternoon, I like that. Like I like halftime. Feels like it's 45 minutes, and you can catch up on all the other games that are true, going on. True that. True. Um, that. we're gonna watch it down at uh, Lex Live and and soak up all the college basketball we can before going into March. And then yeah, uh, where'd this season go, man? It was quick. It was quick. I love this We're, team. I do I really, too. I, really I do too. They, I want to win the SEC tournament really bad. I'm not going to lie to you. I do too. Usually, I'm I don't gonna, care that much. I really want to win it this year. Well, I'm going down there. I don't even know if I told you this, but um, I'm going to go down to Tampa. So I want to win it because it'll be a blast to win it down there in in Florida. I'm curious what the seating is going to be. I think this it's going to be weird. Is it ever really? I'm bad about remembering numbers like this. How often is it like? Two, three, and four are all twelve and four. Not very often, I yeah. don't think. But um, yeah, not very often. But we're either way, we won't play till Friday. I don't think. And we're. I remember hearing we might be locked into that nine p.m. game. That's scary. Probably right? Friday nine p.m. Friday. That's not ideal. From that's, what I've heard, that's, pro- that's probably. I'll need to check the schedule, but that's probably what it's going to be. Mm. I mean, oh well. If any I, team should be impervious to that, it should be this one. Yeah, you know, impervious. I, I don't think. I don't think you. Yeah, shouts out me with the grammar. Oh my god! Or actually, it's not grammar. Whatever. <laughs> I think if any, I think Oscar is probably the most environment-proof player that I've ever seen. I, I, the consistency is remarkable. I mean, it's insane. I, I don't even want to say it and jinx it, but he has. He's just not had. I'll an, say it. He's, he's had not going to have an off. Game. He's not had an off game. His game. Is not predicated on being on or off. Correct. The game's You're right. Predicated on effort. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. He goes he's after gonna get literally his. every ball. Yep. He's going to get his. Um, man, you're right. I love this team. I love this team, and they're so cohesive. Um, I made this comment the other day, but I'll say it again. Um, when you have a, a guy like Bryce Hopkins step up and make some big plays, and the first guys to meet him off the bench. Is Jacob Toppin and Lance Ware and Keon Brooks, and that's the guy who he's fighting for minutes for. I mean, if Bryce Hopkins steps in and starts playing twelve minutes a game, it's coming off that guy's those guys' clocks, and they're the first ones to meet him. Yeah. You know, uh, when 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 LSU had to call timeout because Bryce was playing so well, had nine points straight. Those three are the first ones to meet him off the bench, and uh, that says a lot about this team and being your brother's keeper and uh, you know the way that they feel about each other. They want to see everybody succeed. And again, Cal's done a phenomenal job his whole career of teaching kids that a rising tide lifts all boats and uh, buy into our program and, and, you know, we'll, we'll do this thing together and uh, it'll help your individual, you know, stock as far as a professional um, if, if the team is successful. And um, this team is, has bought in like yeah, many in this the past. This might be one of his best coaching jobs. I hate to say it because I, 
I still think the usage of Kellen Grady is criminal, mm-hmm. criminally underused, that mm-hmm. is. But at the end of the day, man, the culture of this team is truly special. Yeah. Especially with a lot of older guys, you would expect maybe a little more ego issues, mm-hmm. you know, like, but it's just been seamless. It's impressive. It really well, when is. the episode with Ka- with uh, Cash comes out, we'll, we dive in a little bit with the NIL stuff. But I honestly thought that the NIL might cause a little bit of issues um, in the locker room as far as jealousy and things like that with, um, you know, who's making money and who's getting the attention and things. And this team, like you said, seems to be immune to that. They're all happy for each other. Um, they're all doing it together, and uh, it shows. Yeah, let's keep it up against Ole Miss. That should be an easy win. Knock on wood. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's. They're not very good. No, they're not very good. And Oscar, Oscar really impressed me. Yeah, against Arkansas. I mean, that was truly. That's his defining performance. To be honest, it sucks that it came in a loss, but my God, he was unstoppable. Why? Why do you say his defining performance? Because he was simply unguardable. And he, there was no threat from anybody else in that whole first half, mm-hmm. and it didn't matter. It just didn't matter. He was literally unguardable. He was passing through double teams, making good reads. I just, God, I love that guy. <laughs> he's doing he's doing things that we haven't seen, uh, you know, in in thirty years. And it's all effort. It's all just a love for the game and a drive to compete. And it's special. It's really special. All right, that'll do it for us. Sure enough. Yeah. All right. Today's episode of Seat 14 was brought to you, as always, by Bet River Sportsbook in association with Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier, Dwell CBD, and Budweiser King of Beers. For the Field of 68, thank you for listening. I'm Todd Lanner alongside Jordan Barber. And you stay classy, Big Blue Nation. Yeah, sure enough. <laughs> we out you.